0: The last time the fans of Belfast Soccer Club Linfield travelled to the Brandywell, the home of Derry City Football Club, was January 26, 1969. Northern Ireland stood on the brink of a civil war, which was to last 30 years, and the Blues and the candy stripes found themselves at opposing ends, not just on the football field. Linfield, known as the Blues for their jersey, were proudly working-class South Belfast's leading Protestant outfit. With the demise of Belfast Celtic, Although a mixed outfit, Derry City, known as the Candy Stripes, located in the heart of the staunchly Republican Bogside area, inherited the mantle of the province's leading nationalist outfit. At that last fateful match, the police evacuated the Linfield fans from the ground at half-time, fearing for their safety amid ugly scenes, the worst ever seen in the Brandywell. The civil unrest, which heralded the beginning of the Northern Ireland Troubles, enveloped all facets of northern life, including soccer blurring the lines to such an extent that it was impossible to separate religion, politics and football. Within two years, Derry City were out of the Irish League. The hijacking and burning of the Ballymina team bus by disaffected local youths meant the Candy Stripes were forced to play their home games in Coleraine. With no attendance, financially they couldn't continue and resigned from the League. They re-emerged 13 years later in the Republic's League of Ireland, strengthening their perceived image in South Belfast. As Linfield prepared to travel to the Brandywell for the first time in 36 years, this game would prove to be a barometer on how much has changed for the players, fans and supporters. And in a new Northern Ireland, is this really a whole new ballgame?
1: together will only happen in football when it happens in wider society and it's wrong and unfair to burden football or football clubs somehow with responsibility for leading the way. Why should they? They're not political institutions and I think that overall on all sides in recent years, football clubs, North and South, Belfast and Derry have done their level best uh, uh, to change the situation uh, for the better, It's society as a whole which has been lagging behind.
2: Politics to me, politics have no role in, in, in any sort of sport and it's um, sadly it has been over the years uh, the, uh, the politics and sport and, and different things have been mixed but I think it's uh, a godsend sound that, that we can, Linfield can if somebody would have t- said 20, 20 years ago 25, 10 years ago that Linfield could come to Browningville and play I think people would have said you're living in Cuckoo Land but tonight has proved that it can be done
0: and I only hope
2: it's a start of better things to come
0: To go back to the political side again I think it Belfast Telegraph soccer correspondent since 1943
3: Malcolm Brody uh, The the matches uh, the matches between uh, Linfield and Derry City were always vibrant and tight net affairs and there is a fantastic amount of crowd appeal and the relationship between the two clubs uh, was excellent. And indeed, the supporters too, because, I mean, until the advent of the uh, Troubles, uh, Derry City fans used to stream into Belfast, particularly for Irish Cup finals. And it was a day out for them, day out for the people of Belfast. And... Uh, uh, the clubs loved going up to Derry. The newspaper men loved going up to Derry. Uh, Derry provided a, a, a real background of competition for us. And uh, Linfield Derry matches as Glentorn Derry matches and visits up there to a Belfast Celtic. Always a fantastic appeal to the public.
0: Andy Kerr. Linfield fans since 1952 and team attendant. But I can remember going down a midweek game. I
2: think it was a Gold Cup game. Uh, early in the season it was around 13th, 14th of August when I was the only Linfield supporter on the ground and I had no hustle. I never had any hustle in Derry. Uh, I can remember the last day, certainly the last time we played, I think we had won the league Maybe about a week or two weeks before it. And there was trouble at the game that day, where Olympic supporters were taken out of the ground at half-time, and there was a lot of banter and whatnot after the game, but there was, there was no violence offered to any of the staff or any, any of the players. There was always a great atmosphere when we played in Derry, always a great atmosphere, because certainly then in the 60s and early 70s, crowds were a lot bigger than what, what they would be the day. Uh, and I always enjoyed the games in Derry. Uh, I remember going down that night in, in August, I'd when I passed my test, and when I got there, the Derry, it was raining and I didn't know where to park or... I got directions to, to Brandywell and I, I parked on and, uh, and a housing site and the man told me, oh, your car will be safe. And when I come back, he says, lucky blues, lucky blues. And his wife took me on and made me my tea before I set off for port a again. And it was I always... I should have got his address and I always send a letter down and thank him very much, but I was very well treated, very well treated at Derry. I don't remember them feeling silly much, just, but... Certainly Derry, when we played Derry, there was always a great atmosphere. Particularly in Derry, there was always a great atmosphere at the games. and all my team going to the games, I can remember very, very, very few, what you'll term today red cards even in the games, or probably tackling was a lot harder then and referees were more lenient. But uh, there was never much, certainly there was none spilled onto the pitch at all. The two players, the two sets of players played the game and that was it. Whoever was the best team on the day won the game and that was the way it should be.
0: Jim Cawson, Derry City Football Club.
4: Well, I, I would have started supporting Derry City about, what, 60 years ago. And uh, the reason for that was because it was on the doorstep. Uh, we lived at the, the very end of the town, and the Brandywel, as you know, was at the end of the town. Uh, I then had a brother, Eddie, who uh, played for Derry City in the 40s, and he was transferred to Blackman Rovers and. 1947, a few years after that, another brother, uh, Jobby, came on the scene and he started playing for Derry City when he was 16. Uh, So there's been, then after he left, um, I sort of came on the scene about two or three years after that. And uh, it's continued ever since. So it's practically 60 years uh, watching, supporting, and playing for Derry City and managing them. Everybody wanted to beat Lumfield, you know, because uh, we were classed as uh, yokels, country yokels. Uh, most people tell you around that era, uh, if you lived outside Glen Gormley, you were a country yokel. And I mean, it was nice for the likes of uh, a wee team like Derry to go up there and, and, and uh, tan them. And uh, but you know, I think there's a misconception as regards to Lumfield and Derry City. There was a, a very good rivalry there, and and. Uh, a good friendship. We built up a lot of good friendships with the, the Lumfield people. Uh, particularly people like, in the past, uh, the Duke of Windsor, Tommy Dixon. Um, Sammy Pavis. Um, Stanley Gregg. Brian Hamilton. There's hundreds of them that we met through our playing times. And uh, people will come up to you in the street now and say, well, oh, by the way, I was in Belfast the other day, I was talking to so-and-so and he told me to tell you he was asking for you. You know, there was good rivalry there, but it was good-natured rivalry. We never, as, as players, I think, would have felt any tension. We never felt threatened. It never ever got to that stage with us, although there were some hairy moments at Wonder Park for our supporters, you know. Tell games
0: with Linford, Can you name one that leaps out at you? There's
4: one, actually, where i had retired from football, and our goalkeeper of the 60s had retired from football and uh, Doogie Wood took over the team uh, after Jamie Hill left at the height of the troubles and he uh, had himself made a comeback at Windsor Park and with a young boy called Kevin McCool on at Outside Right that day he was to go back to Celtic and change his mind and if I can remember right um, we beat them two known at Windsor that day there was uh, several several cry-offs from the some of the, the players they didn't want to travel they to wonder basically. Uh, they got threatening letters, it's right. And uh, Eddie myself turned out for Derry for that day we won 2-0. And, and I can remember Sammy Hatton, centre half for Lumfield. We were on two none at the time. The corner came across and Sammy Hatton didn't go for the ball at all. He went for Eddie. He put Eddie in the back of the net and I arrived the top on the top of Sammy Hatton. Now Sammy Hatton was about six foot four, a big policeman, and I was five foot five and I tore into the back of the net on top of Hatton. But you know, after the game, you met them, you had a chat with them. In fact, uh, Ferguson, Billy Ferguson, who played for Ireland as well, played outside was the guy that I used to love to kick. Billy Ferguson, myself, would have played table tennis before the game at Windsor Park. Uh, we'd have walked into the social club afterwards and they were buying you a drink. You know, so the friendship was there. Uh, the rivalry was made up by media people.
0: Ivan Foster, director
5: of Linfield Football Club. So if you go back to the 40s, we we had people like Harry Walker, Tommy Breen, who were prominent footballers in those days, all played for us. Um, Came the troubles, we had difficulty even signing Catholic players simply because their own uh, neighbourhood and communities wouldn't let them come to Windsor Park to play. But we signed a young fellow called Chris Cullen back it would have been probably the mid-80s and he was followed quickly by the very successful Dizzy Gorman from Dundalk who virtually took Windsor Park over and he's still a hero at Windsor Park. Then came fellows like Pat Finland, uh, Paul Byrne uh, Martin Bailey wonderful lads from the south and they played for Linfield. Uh, some of them were even made vice presidents of supporters clubs so they were hailed here and they're, they're still admired but in fact Pat, Pat, Pat Finlay is still a, a folk
0: hero up here Eamon McCann journalist and Derry City football fan
1: so there's a lot of people supporting Derry now who don't remember Derry City in uh, the Irish League, playing uh, uh, in the north. So they've got nothing to compare the present situation with as far as they're concerned. It's 1985 we went into you know, uh, the National League, League of Ireland in the south of Ireland. That's 20 years now. So anyone who's uh, under 30... Uh, going to the Brandywell would have no memory really uh, of uh, at all of uh, Derry City playing uh, uh, Linfield, but for supporters of my uh, age group, if I can say yes, I mean I really miss uh, the North. I really miss Derry versus uh, Portadown, Derry versus Glen was always a favourite of mine and of many people. For, for mysterious reasons, Derry and Glen had a sort of uh, 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 you know some sort of fellow feeling, perhaps because we vied with one another in our hatred of Linfield. Uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, so I think its supporters do miss it, and you miss sort of. I mean, there's nothing better in football than local rivalries, you know, whether it's uh, Portsmouth versus uh, Southampton, uh, you know, or, uh, uh, Liverpool and Everton, uh, United and City, and all the rest of it. And, you know, it's, uh, all that we've got to uh, fill in for that at the moment is Derry City versus Finn Harps, and it's really hard to hate Finn Harps properly. <laughs> well, I mean, nostalgia is one thing, and we all can put, you know, nice, warm, sepia toned. Uh, uh, he, 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 he sort of imposed that atmosphere on our uh, memories. There was some nastiness, there's no question about it. There was nastiness at uh, a Derry-Linfield matches. I can remember Linfield buses going down Rossville Street after a game and people hanging out the back of the bus, holding up a fish and shouting, "I know, cured at Lourdes. Yeah. Now, looking back on it, there's a certain whip there, you know. Uh, but at the same time, it was a deliberately offensive wit to uh, the people of the area. And there were, you know, there were exchanges not only of insults, you know, but occasionally, you know, physical confrontations and so forth. By the standards of later years, of course, the standards of the Troubles, it was very mild stuff. But nevertheless, sort of there, there was a nasty edge, of course, uh, to some of those exchanges of um, insult and jeers uh, uh, between fans of, the, uh, of uh, different teams. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, well, football's like that. You know, it excites uh, passions. And, uh See, one of the things about football is that it's very difficult to be a moderate supporter of your football team. You know, people can call for moderation in politics and uh, cross-community uh, feeling and all the rest of it, but you can't go to the Brandywell or any other ground hoping moderately that your team will win. Uh, you can't go in an entirely uh, non sectarian way, hoping, uh, cheering for a draw, or supporting the referee. Uh, you have to take sides. You know, it's all or nothing in a football match. That's in the nature of it. That's one of the glories uh, of the game. So, in a way, you know, that, uh, when you're standing on the terraces at a football ground, uh, you have to give full hearted, unrestrained, and unqualified support to your side. Uh, that's perhaps a bad, uh, you know, paradigm for uh, wider society and for politics. But it's all paradoxical because at the same time, of course, football also transcends. Divisions and there's a shared experience. So it's a a paradoxical element, even to the match between uh, Derry and Linfield. I mean, some people would like to be playing Linfield on a regular basis so that we can grind them into the ground. Uh, And I'm sure that's uh, uh, reciprocal. And that's part of football. You know, sort of, you you don't only need the team to support, you need a team to hate.
4: I the, 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 the supporters. Leaving the ground was always the worst part of it for them. Because you were walking out, you didn't know where you, where you were walking. And there were occasions where a few people got a, a, a bad beatings when they were leaving the ground. You know, those are the hairy moments. Uh, but there were worse clubs in the Irish League than Limfield.
1: The difference between, for example... City-Linfield rivalry uh, on the one hand and uh, Manchester City- Manchester United rivalry, which course also passionate and jagged-edged uh, at times, is that to some extent, and I wouldn't exaggerate this, but I mean, to some extent, the rivalries in Northern Ireland football reflected the dominant division in society. I mean, it is not the case, for example, that the majority of Manchester City supporters uh, would vote differently to uh, a Manchester United supporters or would consider themselves to have a different identity other than in football. I mean, the specific Uh, significance of football rivalries in Northern Ireland and in Central Scotland uh, as well, uh, to to some extent, is that they reflected uh, already existing divisions in surrounding society and that gave them both a resonance uh, uh, in terms of the support base but also gave them uh, a jagged edge uh, which is lacking in some other uh, football rivalries.
3: Nothing went wrong in the relations between the clubs. It was the social life and the civil unrest in Northern Ireland which uh, uh, created the the difficulties, and uh, it came to a head, of course, as you know, when uh, Brandywell had to be banned. And this arose not because of any matches involving Linfield or any other clubs, but the burning of a bus, a Balamina bus, which was hijacked and uh, at gunpoint, and uh, uh, that was the. As Frank Curran says in his official history of Derry, the countdown to the end of the Irish uh, league story of Derry City. Eddie Mahan,
0: former Derry City goalkeeper.
5: One of the reasons that the Derry Linfield game has become sort of would have been the sort of Celtic Rangers of a thing was that Belfast Celtic, who were the, the equivalent of Glasgow Celtic in Belfast, in 1948 they played Linfield in the Cup final in Belfast. And the centre forward, Jimmy Jones, I think Celtic won 2-0 or something. After the match, the Celtic centre forward, Jimmy Jones, uh, was uh, the crowd invaded the pitch and uh, Jones got both his legs broken. And uh, the punishment meted out at the time was something like closing the ground for a, a match or two matches or something. It was certainly nothing, you know, it certainly didn't fit the crime. And Belfast Celtic then decided that you know, they couldn't go on in the circumstances and they actually resigned from football. Uh, and uh, the, the Park Centre is now built where the old ground was, the Park Centre super, Supermarket. The uh, After Belfast Celtic went out, we sort of became their heirs, you know, because uh, Belfast Celtic would, of course, have been regarded as a very nationalist-oriented team, although their, their playing staff and their management, everything was very mixed, much like Glasgow Celtic themselves. Uh, but because we would be, have been regarded as a probably nationalist town here, we sort of inherited the mantle of Belfast Celtic, certainly for the Linfield Games, and... Uh, uh, you know that uh, give it that extra edge uh, when we played Linfield that we had inherited the sort of the Celtic mantle and the, the sort of religious kind of overtones uh, we sort of inherited that then and the derry Linfield be- games became what the the Celtic Linfield games used to be. No matter what either do, they'll always be they'll always be seen as sort of that religion that religious thing will always stay there and you know and uh, while everybody wants to see uh, it go on. I honestly believe that you know it's what's keeping sort of Celtic and Rangers the big clubs that they are in Glasgow. That the fact that they have this very committed sort of almost I hate to use the word sectarian because that's maybe a bit too far, but I mean when you look at what happened in say Edinburgh when you have two other big clubs Hearts and Hibs, I mean they're just ordinary clubs, you know, and bring away that that tension and that sort of uh, you know us and them sort of thing, and uh, you know a lot of the passion of those games would have disappeared probably the same as uh, on a lower level like yourself in Linfield as well, you know. Uh, I mean, if Linfield had just been another team like sort of Crusaders or Distillery coming to Brandyville, well, you would have had nothing to, to be passionate about, you know. But it's the old struggle thing. It's, sort of, you know, it's like jousting again on
3: the, on, the, on the football field, you know. It's them and us when you're there, you know. Linfield is a Protestant club. That cannot be denied, Right. But Linfield never had a bar against uh, Catholics playing for it. If you write down over the years. You had Tommy Breen and uh, Jackie Donnelly, and you go right through them all there. If you look at the team at the present time. To play Pat Fenlon, a lot have been all involved in it. Linfield have been criticised perhaps wrongly for that uh, uh, that 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 fact. Although they have had you know they've had their. Uh, They've had their problems uh, in many respects, but generally speaking, they have been open to play anybody. And uh, as a person who wrote the history of the club, there was never any particular uh, rule saying prohibiting banning Catholics at all in it there. And uh, I think that the approach of Linfield now is, is manifest by this visit to Derry. shows you just how progressive the whole club has been continued progression of the club.
2: To put it bluntly, it would have been basically sectarian on both sides. Uh, To to, to, to really put it bluntly, it would have been basic sectarian. Again, we're getting near uh, the time the trouble would have been a few years just before the trouble started in Derry. Uh, I think it was just a a build-up to probably what came then, came after it. But, basically, it was simply sectarian, which was, had no part in, in football at all. But it only takes, you know, I think anybody realise it only takes one head at all to start trouble, They'll say their own thing or do their own thing, and it just escalates from their own. And say the last day we played, when the, I think, if I remember right, the police advised the Lundfield supporters to leave the ground, escorted the Lundfield supporters out of the ground at half-time, and escorted them back to to the station, and to their buses or, or cars, whatever they were traveling on. Somebody, te- the police probably felt they couldn't control the crowd because there was n- in those days there been no really segregation uh, inside the ground, where in, in later years you would have segregation. And I think for the, the police felt they just couldn't control it, and they thought it was best, and you're probably putting a bit maybe at the very most, maybe three, four hundred people moving them out of the ground for their own safety. But certainly now, so we stayed on, I stayed on, and stayed along with the team and, and sat in the dugout. And Derry went on and won the game, and there was a lot of celebrating. But At the end of the day, we had won the championship a couple of weeks before it, but like, Derry had beat us, so we were probably the first team to beat the new champions. And there was a lot of banter and whatnot, but there was no violence offered to, to any of us. And we
0: went back to address them in, pure, in complete safety. Hugh McDade, Chairman of the Derry City Board.
6: The reasoning behind it was that um, one always, football clubs always need during the close season what one would call a high profile game. And to be honest, we can't get much more higher profile game than the field. But also, uh, with the introduction of the Satanta Cup, we thought it would be a nice pre run to the Satanta Cup uh, uh, to help open doors in sport in general, especially football. Um, it's a great thing for us for, to be able to invite Linfield along to the Brandy well as you know, it's been 32 years or so since they've been here. And um, f- I suppose financially we need one another and we all need help. We're, uh, we're working here in a, a very uh, small populated country with a very large football output and um, we, we need support no matter what. This is certainly um, a time to restore anything that people had in their minds relating to what might have happened uh, from a supporter's point of view or uh, whatever and in those days. Um, to us now it's non-existent and let's hope it stays non-existent. And it's time just to move on. It's good for sport, it's good for everything involved in this country uh, and especially for us we're in the market of making, trying to make money and stay alive in football. And to us that's a big part of it we would never deny that, but there's just this concept that Linfield, at the time were the Arch Enemy, uh, which does not exist anymore, so just to present them back here to the Brandywell and, and Lake Weiss for us, possibly, to go, we earned once we're part in 1987, not a word, we had a game played, it was absolutely marvellous, and uh, it's just to get over this little doubting barrier, and I would think once we get over that, then there's a great future for us and all of us.
0: David Crawford, chairman of Linfield. Now, the last game wasn't good, uh, Well, there was problems that day, but we want to look to the future now, we don't want to look in the past, and we hope there's no problems on Tuesday night. Trevor Rolson, Linfield fan, Windsor Park, four days before the game.
7: I'm actually the chairman of the first round of the day for the Supporters Club. In our club, we have actually had a membership of 48. Born and raised in London, there is right. Nice place, nice people. There's no other team for me on Linfield. Playing a game with so high profile and historic as Tuesday night going to be, it's absolutely fantastic. And I just hope that everything goes solid 10%. When you look at Tuesday night, Tuesday night is a football game. Everybody goes to the game with wise heads, behaves themselves. I can't see why it can't be a success.
0: Two hours before kickoff, the Brandywell. Tony O'Doherty on security at the game.
1: Normally...
2: With the distances involved in the Aircom League, we don't usually get large numbers of visiting fans. This will be a rather unusual occasion because there's anywhere between three and 400 Lumfield fans expected here tonight, which should give it a lot of colour and, and add very much to, to to the atmosphere. But obviously because of the situation and the way that Derry left the league, uh, and realistically the, the, the political situation on the ground here in the north, there will of necessity be increased security here tonight. Now like everyone else, I'm hoping that it's not needed, that it's not necessary.
8: Come on!
0: Trevor Ralston, ten minutes into the game.
7: I'm happy enough, for no problems at all. Uh, nice atmosphere. I think things been going so well. See that moment, I, w- I was, I was, was honoured enough to be able to lead out the team tonight along with the captain William Murphy. And the Bulls going out there tonight like I love me forever. So leading, leading, leading out on a pitch, great, absolutely fantastic. And I never even thought, I'd know, we'd come to be in the Brandiwell, you know what I mean, and leading the team out the Brandiwell, was absolutely, it did come true, it didn't come true. And what
0: you're only hoping for now is the right result.
7: Well, right result, and everything passes off peacefully. Everything's, uh, we're, everything's gone so far, it's good so far, and just hope now that next way home again, we'll be able to see the same thing,
0: maybe a goal or two now as well, send us home happy. Ten minutes into the game, Derry City's Killian Brennan is fouled in the penalty box by Linfield's Barry Spence. Alan Murphy steps up to take the penalty and makes no mistake. Derry City won, Linfield to nil. Trevor Rolson, 40 minutes into the game. Trevor, uh, you're a bit quieter now.
7: Uh, yeah, 1-0 down. Um, uh, we're still, still, still plugging on, still playing. On. We're playing well, we're playing well. Hopefully, 50-20 well, minutes to go, we'll get the, we'll get the goal, like, you know what I mean? But uh, second, second importance tonight, you know, as this my daft baseball, I'm happy, happy enough of it so far, like. yeah. I want a goal for an I know, but as I said, it's actual occasion, the importance of of this tonight, you know what I mean? It's uh it's just getting 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 through this game tonight and without anything happening, you know what I mean? That's an important thing tonight. If if we get the goal so wet, you know what I mean, but I would love them to maybe get two goals, but that was important.
0: With only seven minutes to go, Linfield's mark-picking hammers in a great shot from 16 yards. Derry City won, Linfield
8: won. The
0: The full-time whistle. Trevor Rawlson at full time. It's a great night, I think, for
7: sporting all round. Football all round. A one-all draw, no problems whatsoever. A few people thought we were coming here and that to cause problems. We cause no problems whatsoever. I think those of three supporters were credit to the club tonight, and I've proud of every single one of them tonight. And you got your dream result in equal or a one-one draw? Yeah, one-one draw. I think it's a fair result tonight. Uh, sports, sports a winner. Football's a winner. Uh, great night all round. Great night all round.
0: And what was your particular favourite moment?
7: Scoring a goal. <laughs> it's going to go. no the whole, the whole occasion uh, walking out was a team tonight was a dream come true for me uh, walking out with the team a t- team I love uh, just a great night all right, great night all I'm going to enjoy myself now. I might have a wee pint now so I
0: might. Jimbo crossing 15 minutes after the game a lot of people came out of curiosity
4: there were people buying tickets that had never been to a soccer match and they thought probably they might see something that would interest them unfortunately they were disappointed there was no bother which is one of the things they wanted to see. I'll tell you for definite only, a lot of the hardcore supporters were not here tonight. A lot of the hardcore supporters were not here tonight. It says they, they would not support Jerry City playing Lampfield. And I spoke to a few of them last night. And when I was asked if I was coming over, I said yes. And it was fairly rough. The language was pretty rough about going over support and supporting uh, a match like that. They says they would not support it. They'll come back and support Derry City when they're playing back in the, in the League of Ireland again when the season starts, but would not come to a friendly message this. Boy. I can't give you an answer to that. Um, they just says that uh, it's language that can't be repeated on radio.
5: Sorry.
4: They wouldn't support that load of shit coming down from Belfast. Um, just, you know, at the end of the day, my answer to that is at the end of the day, if you're a Derry City supporter... Derry City needs your support, irrespective of who you're playing. It's Derry City you're supporting. You're not supporting the opposition. And they said, "Well, we'll not be effing there." And I, I mean, these are guys that travel away to most of the matches, the away matches, the home matches. They buy their weekly tickets. They sell their lottery tickets, and
0: they just says, "No, won't be here." The Linfield fans bus, 15 minutes after the full time whistle
8: hello hello yeah. we, must be famous. Oh, fuck yeah. we must be famous we must be famous we must be famous It's,
7: it's on the moon, don't on. The the head head. Head. Please, boys. Please, please. Ah, no, please, boys. Come on, All right. all right. We're all right. react, react. Really re- Keep go her oh, going, boys. Rick, Rick! There's illness here, Johnny. It's
8: crystal. Strong. I'm going to get the camera!
7: Keep going
8: camera! Don't
7: have to go. the camera! i going the going to the camera! I'm going to the i the
0: the Linfield bus driver, half an hour after the game.
7: So I was just driving along. I threw something at the window. Have no idea what I threw. I was trying to just drive to get out of there, but something hit the window. I don't know what it was. Just straight from the footpad. And there's glasses all round there and a few specks of it hit my face. It's scary enough. I'm sitting shaking here. Absolutely shaking. It's a disgrace, it shouldn't be happening. Things like that shouldn't be happening. God only knows what can be done. I've no idea.
8: But
7: no, it was handled fine, it's just the way they just come up alongside me. I'm no, I got Did you hit uh, yeah, you really say that. That. What, sprayed me? No. the glass lying there? That actually hit my face? You're right. I get, shaking on. You. I'm on. I'm on. It's totally uncalled for. You're right.
8: Shook up. Fucking the
0: way it was handled that, that's peace protection for you it goes to show that they're not allowed to go in the Republican areas but then go into the Loyalist areas can't even protect us coming home from a football match it's a disgrace go and have a look at all the buses with all the glass on them and see there was kids in those buses
8: my kids safe from the brandy a Piece of glass that came from my hair. From the glass was broke right above my head. There were children on our bus, and then children were in an absolute terrible state at the end of that trip through there. So there were the tears that were coming from them. There's windows broke above them, and glass all over the show. God help them, my children. Then people didn't care too much about them. Wonder the if it was their the children, they would like
5: it. We went into an area
1: tonight of Northern Ireland, and the police service of Northern Ireland wasn't allowed to protect us. There's my daughter there in a the whole state. She goes to every game of I me. Mean, she went this game tonight, and I'd actually lie over the top of her to protect her from Brexit.
8: We're coming through when there's no bus.
2: To come out of the the game to go into a, an area, a, and all you seen was queues and queues of people ready to attack these here supporters. I was on one bus, and they're. Going to have an extraordinary no. meeting and their club apparently according to them and they might never be back in on the city again. And I think if we're talking about tourism and attracting people to come to this town, they the boys across in the city side done an adequate job tonight to make sure these people never return back to the city again.
8: It's shocking We nearly got our ones free and we were right beside them. Shocked. Shocked they'll
4: never go back to Brandywell the behaviour of the vast majority of fans within the ground is impeccable both sets of supporters behaved themselves during the minute silence they behaved themselves during the match with the exception of fireworks being thrown under our keeper which I think may have come from the outside the ground I don't think we can substantiate that happened inside the ground what happened was in my opinion outside of the ground and the buses and the damage that was done to them was a failure in policing policy
0: Trevor Rolson an hour after the game
7: uh, I'm a wee bit disappointed you know, I mean, the, the work that went into this for the last three months I'm just sort of shattered here tonight the last week was just meetings with Derry, and I have to praise Derry City. It has nothing to do with Derry City officials, nothing to do with the team, nothing to do with actual fans in the Brandeville. The Derry City fans applauded us going on the Brandeville tonight, which I thought was a marvellous gesture. But what happened outside, I'm really, really, really disappointed. Really disappointed. It would take a lot to take me back to the Brandeville tonight. I'm just, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm just being honest with you, it would take a lot to take me back to the Brandeville. Like we went on there tonight, the fans, the Linfield fans were an absolute credit tonight, they were fantastic. They were absolutely fantastic. There was a wee bit of provocation. There was fireworks through at us, There was other things happening in the ground as well. On the whole, uh, I'm just I'm just shattered tonight. I'm shattered tonight. The things like we were we were supposed to be the troublemakers coming to the dairy to cause problems. We didn't cause any problems tonight. The evidence speaks for itself. And I'm just a wee bit disappointed that that the people couldn't afford us just to travel out in our buses and just leave us alone. I'm very disappointed, very disappointed. We were given guarantees from the residents apparently that there would be no trouble. Well, you, you've seen the bricks on the bus tonight. It wasn't bricks, it was boulders. So you, you know their intentions, you, you knew their intent. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm very disappointed because inside the ground was absolutely fantastic. The atmosphere and the, the camaraderie and the actual football match tonight was an absolute. It was fantastic. I'm just so disappointed that this has happened tonight. So disappointed. You know what I mean? After all, all, all the hard
0: work's way down the dream. Andy Kerr, Linfield team attendant, after the game. Yeah, compared to uh, the period of time, remember the days you came down here on your own, being the one Linfield fan and uh, stand. How much has changed, and how much did you feel has changed when you came to the Brandywell?
2: Uh, things are more, far more relaxed. I think, as a said earlier on, I think it's a sign of the times. In Northern Ireland, have, things have, have been relaxed in the last couple of three years. And I, I think it's so, uh, as I said, 20 years ago, 10 years ago if somebody would have said this game would have went ahead uh, people would have laughed at you because it just would not have been possible to have played it and I think tonight proved that the game can be played and can be played in a sport manner and both sets of supporters can behave themselves
0: Was that the big difference to the lack of a kind of sectarian or maybe an old undertones? Yeah, so
2: it would have been a very very large sectarian undertone previous years particularly in the last couple of three years coming up to the uh, 68, 69 just coming up to the start of the triple
0: and You're just happy to see it get back to the football now again? And just uh, I think uh, I think it's
2: best that we, we go back and concentrate playing football and forget about politics or and anything else
0: With all the security arrangements though and with the fans kept so far apart and with them being ferried in on buses there's still a long long way to go would you feel?
2: There's a long way to go but we, we would love with this problem in certain games in in, in the North. You see it in English Premiership, you see it in Scotland, where fans have to be, sadly now, have to be segregated, uh, except maybe a Liverpool Derby where you get Everton and and Liverpool supporters mixed together. But uh, I think it's a sign of the times that, uh, again, it would be a shame if a handful of bigots or a handful of troublemakers could spoil the night's entertainment for everybody else.
1: But you know, all football clubs are prisoners of their fans. Fans are the only permanent element in any football club. Players come and go, managers come and go, directors come and go. Fans go on forever, you know. And uh, for football clubs to change, really, their fan base has to change. So the, the the significance of that is that the fundamental change that we need to see, sort of, in the way the football is organised, sort of, uh, in the north and in the south, a coming together, will only happen in football when it happens in wider society.